house of the Lord. I, 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 I don't know about you, but on, on Saturday night, you know, I, I grew up in a culture where they used to say, if you want to keep God first on Sunday, keep him first on Saturday night. Anybody who was raised in that culture, I tell you what, uh, when church comes around, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the people of God. I could probably say as much as uh, I enjoy serving the Lord, uh, I would probably say equally so, I enjoy seeing you. Amen. People of God coming together. Do you know today, I'm going to say this, is the best, for, the, the, the next 30, 40 minutes are going to be the best 30, 40 minutes you spent all week. And you've probably heard a lot of things, you've probably seen a lot of things, you've probably been involved in a lot of conversations. But today our conversation is going to be with God. And, and how marvelous that is that we can come and hear the voice of the Lord. Nothing greater than to hear God speak. Amen. Because when he speaks, we get revelation. We get understanding. We, we get, we get a, a place for our hands and our feet to move and to move into action with God. So welcome to the house of the Lord. Welcome to Harvest Point Church. And, and I, I know it's summer. There's a lot of people uh, moving in and out and, and vacation time. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe later this, uh, this month we're going to take a, a little time off ourselves and uh, go out and have some fun and, and rest and, and get, some, get some time of relaxation. How many of you know it's important to rest? It's important to rest, right? It's important to get a little reprieve, get, get away and get away from all the hustle and bustle of things. But I tell you what, some of y'all know me. I, if you turn me loose, I can, I can, I can have church every day. <laughs> I can preach every day. That's just my, my spirit, my heart. I just love the things of the Lord. And, and I would suggest that Look at your neighbor and say, you need, you need preaching every day. You need, you need. <laughs> uh, I, I grew up in a time when, anybody remember growing up where something was going on at church every day? Every day. You know, now we've qualified church just Sunday morning, maybe a Wednesday night here and there. And, but there's so much more to God. Amen. So let's do this. I'm going to have you stand. Some of y'all know that we're in a brand new series. A series that, you know, the Spirit of the Lord has been inspiring. And I'm so glad that we're able to walk uh, in, in concert with the Holy Spirit as we are in a brand new series entitled, And God Said. Now, for some of you that, that were here with us last Sunday, marvelous message last Sunday as, as we, we begin that first initial conversation about God's movement. How many know the origin of the Word of God is the movement of God? And so when God moved, men wrote about how God moved. And, and we, we, we stopped to talk about that because I want you to know the origin of God, we're not attributing to God qualities or characteristics. We're describing, the Bible is describing how God moved uh, and, and words are given as to why. And so we talked about the movement of God last week uh, in a beautiful message. If you didn't get that message, can I encourage you to go back and get that. Today we're talking about a symbol of the word of the Lord called light. How many know that God is light? So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to get into the symbol of light as it pertains to the Word of God. And I pray today, catch this, that you get an eyeful, an eyeful. And so that's the title of today's message, an eyeful. And I just want you to hear this because, brothers and sisters, how many know we live in a dark world? You need your eye to be full. I'm going to talk about that, living in a dark place. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you have your Bible, go with me to 1 John uh, chapter 1, and I want to read a passage here uh, that uh, of all the passages in the Bible, uh, this 1 John 1 is marvelous. And when I read it, man, 1 John 1 gives me goosebumps. I mean, it's just, it's, it's out of this world, trust me. Uh, and, and sometimes we don't catch it 
But this is marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. I'm going to read 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And namely, I'm just trying to get to verse 5, just so you know, uh, because John gives an expression here that is just marvelous. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But we're in 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 through verse 5. And it begins like this. I am reading again from my King James Version. As many of y'all know, that's my preferred version to read. This is how it begins. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. Now, somebody needs to catch that. Of the word of life. For the life was manifested, now watch this, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, I love that. And with His Son, Jesus Christ. Huh. And these things write we unto you, watch this, that your joy may be full. <laughs> get an eye full, get an eye full. Come on, somebody. I want you to get an eye full. He says that your joy may be full. This then, watch this, watch, 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 watch this comment. This then is the message we have heard from him and declare unto you. Now watch this. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. We're going to get into that. That's going to be a blessing. Oh, glory to God. That, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Ah, what a marvelous statement. Ah, like I said, that, that gives me goosebumps, man. That, 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 that shivers, shivers down my spine. Oh, glory to God. Are y'all ready? We're going to get into it together. Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for the opportunity we have, Father, to know you, to get to know you, to know you better, to understand you. Holy Spirit, we need that light to so shine in this place that the revelation of God may be made evident here. We pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would walk us through, help us to comprehend that message that was delivered to us, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We pray you help us, strengthen us, keep us, be with us as we go through this message. We pray your help and your strength as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, go find somebody, grab them, and I want you to tell them this. You need to get you an eye full. Go grab somebody and tell them, listen, brother, sister, you need to get you an eye full. Get you an eye full. Get you an eye full. Come on, somebody. How marvelous it is. How marvelous it is. <laughs> we welcome everybody in the house of the Lord, both member and guest, partner and guest alike. Greetings to every one of you in the name of the Lord, those that are watching by stream. Welcome to Harvest Point Church. Uh, I know we've got uh, people in and out of town and you might be watching from some remote place, but we welcome you. Amen. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. 
This is the house of the Lord. This is, this is where God dwells. This is where the family of God lives. This is how we survive. So welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome in Jesus' name. We're glad you're here. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. How marvelous it is to be in the house of the Lord around the people of faith. Be, be, before I get started, let me do this with you. If you have your Bibles or, you can, or you, if you have an electronic Bible, maybe you could put an electronic tab. But if you're old school like me and you still bring a Bible to church, come on, somebody. It's just something to me. I love the way the rice paper sounds when I turn it. It's like music to my ears. Glory to God. If you could put your Bible ribbon on St. Matthew 9, when, when I get close to the end of this message, I'm going to take you to a passage that's going to blow your mind. St. Pardon me, St. John. Did I say St. Matthew? I meant St. John. Excuse me. St. John chapter 9. St. John 9. Just keep your Bible ribbon there. It's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. And in my estimation, the second greatest miracle Jesus ever performed in his earthly ministry. I'm going to leave it there for you for your review here in a moment as we get to the end of this message here in just a little while. That's St. John chapter 9. Just put your Bible ribbon there on verse 1. I'm going to take you there here in just a moment. God is awesome. No, normally, in, in the cycle of my message, many of you know that I, I have to set up the text by giving preface to it so that when we fall back to the text, uh, we, we find ourselves with greater understanding. It, it just so happens that this text grips me so that I want to present to you the text first. I, I want to say something to you about John that's unique about him uh, th this is John the Revelator, the beloved, who we know, the Bible says, that even at the Last Supper laid his head upon the bosom of the Lord. Uh, this is a man who loved Jesus. You catch your neighbor say, John loved Jesus. I, I, I would suppose that John had a very un unique experience in that John uh, was one of the twelve, but John, the Bible records, was one that loved Jesus the most. I suppose that in the sojournings with Jesus, and I know over the years I've had a lot of people say, oh, Pastor, I wish I, I could have walked with Jesus. And to you I say, shut your mouth. Because <laughs> he would know what you were thinking. We, some of us can't even get a hold of our thoughts long enough to even pray a 30-minute prayer, much less walk with Jesus. Come on, somebody. But, but, but John had such a beautiful relationship with Jesus, I'm sure that as they sojourned, as they, as they walked, Jesus spoke and talked about God, the Father. For in fact, Jesus, we know in St. Matthew 14, said, if you know me, then you should know him. And so there's this great distinction with, with the beloved in so much that as he sojourned with Jesus, as they walked, as they talked, as they ate together, as they, as they I'm sure, slept out by the Sea of Galilee on the seashore, as they looked out into the stars, I'm sure there were marvelous conversations that they shared one with another. And so I'm always moved when I find something concerning Jesus or concerning the Father that we did not know necessarily unless uh, Jesus shares intimately with the disciples. This is one of those occasions where, where, where John is now going to give to you a description of the Father that Jesus said, this is a message we have heard from him and we declare unto you. And brother, when you hear the Bible, sister, when you hear the Bible say something like that, you need to pay attention. 
Because there is, there is a uniqueness in that conversation that's coming out of the depth of intimacy that John is relating to you something wonderful about God. It's marvelous. And so John says this. This is a message we heard from him declaring to you, watch, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. What, what a marvelous notion to understand that God is the God of revelation. Let, let me say that one more time. My God is not hidden. My God is seen because he's light. <laughs> God is not obscured. He's not in some, in some secret place. God is out in the open. He's light. Now, now, now to digress just for a moment, we know that, that, that the physical property of God, right? If God were to appear, uh, you're going to see light that you can't even stand in that light lest you, you yourself be eviscerated in the light. How, how many know passages in the Bible where the Bible says that God appeared? Uh, this is Exodus 19 and 20. And when God shows up, the atmosphere turns to flames. How many know that the kingdom of God, the throne of God, there's light unbearable, a piercing light, right? That when God shows up, there's thunder, there's peals of lightning, the, the atmosphere is consumed in fire. Are y'all catching this? That, 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 that God said, no man can see my glory and live. Your physical body cannot withstand my physical presence. I'm God, I'm light. Oh, somebody. Somebody's got to hear that, man. That's, that's marvelous to know our God is light. How many, how many know that every time we encounter light in the Bible, how many know there's a story where Jesus got baptized, St. Matthew chapter 3, where the Bible says where he was baptized, and, and, and straightway when he came out of the water, the heavens opened, and a dove descended, and the Bible says, and lightning shined upon him. Ah. How many know of the only time that Jesus revealed his deity is St. Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration where the Bible says that, that Peter records that his face shone like the sun and his raiment is white as the light. Anybody remember a poor old Paul while he was breathing out murder threats on the church on the road to Damascus had an encounter with Jesus and the Bible said and, and a bright light shone about him and Paul was blinded by the light. Look at your neighbor and say, Paul was blinded by the light. <laughs> when God shows up, there's light. I mean physical light. Do, do, do you know that today, listen, as smart as we think we are, do you know that today the scientific world still cannot tell you what light is? That, that, that they'll tell you that light is still a phenomenon. Do, do you know today that, that these lights, when you turn on the light, right? How many know that darkness is nothing? But the moment light comes, darkness is vanquished. Ah, come on, somebody. How, how many know on a scientific level that, that, that what they've said is that, that, that there are a light produces billions and billions of photons. We can't see it. It's there. It only reveals itself when it comes into contact with something. Then we see the effect of light upon the thing. Oh, I'm talking now. Light's a phenomenon. It only works when it hits something. Hold on to that principle. The light is only light when it touches something. Let me show you how intuitive, let me show you how intuitive the beloved John was concerning that light. Let me show you how. Let me show you how great the, 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 the beloved John truly is in the Bible. Uh, listen to John. I've always been moved by 
by John's recounting of the creation story. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Watch John. Watch, watch how intuitive he is. When he encountered the light, watch how the light affected John, right? Because how many know when the light touches you, it changes your life? Uh, so, 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 did you hear what I just said? When light touches you, it changes your life. Why? Because light is revelation, and the revelation of what? To who God is. And more importantly, to the fullness of God. We are supposed to be walking in the light of his fullness. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to walk in the fullness. Touch your back and say, you need an eye full. Uh, p- part, part of why the world, a uh, part of why the world, huh, and I say this emphatically, this is a dark place. Let me say it again to somebody. We live in a dark world. And brother and sister, if you don't got an eye full, you're going to live your life in fear. John says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Now watch John. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life. And that life was, watch it, the light of men. You got to catch it. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. And light shined into darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Isn't this what the Bible teaches? Do you know, listen, brother and sister, do you know uh, St. John 3.19 says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. But men chose darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The, the, the condemnation in the world is that light's here. The, the ability to see life and to see it in its fullness is now within our grasp. We are no longer in darkness. And if we are in darkness, we've chose to be in darkness. And Jesus said, if you choose darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus says, the light of the body is the eye. If the eye therefore be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if that light, if your eye be evil, then the body shall be full of darkness. And if the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, there's a lot of people today that choose to live in darkness. Uh, we, we, we like to say, what you don't know can't hurt you. Let me, let me, let me, let me say that again for somebody, because you've been spilling that line for the last 15 years. We like to say, what you don't know can't hurt you. But how many know it's what you don't know is what hurts you? The, the, the areas of our life where we, we find ourselves defunct is in the places where we don't have the, the level of knowledge that we should have. What does the Bible say? My people perish, what? For a lack of knowledge. Uh, and listen, brother and sister, we have the capacity in the Spirit of God to walk in the fullness of the light of God. Well, what is the fullness of the light of God? The totality of the sum of the Lord. So that wherever you are, if you are in the light, you, are, you know that you are walking in the totality of the sum of God. You are never alone. You are always in the light of God. We are children of the light. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a child of the light. Come on now. The revelator was giving an account for creation story. How many know creation story? If you don't know creation story, memorize it. It's important that you understand there are some nuances in that story that I think are valuable for the house of God. How many know the Bible says this is the, this is the mouth of God 
to the prophet Moses who wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. This is what he said. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now watch this. And the earth was without form and void. Now watch this. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that light. And he said it was good. So God divided the light from the darkness. And, and God called the light, listen, day. And the darkness he called night. This is the evening and morning of the first day. The first thing God does is, here I am, see me. For all the world, you know, I'm living in a culture, and I'm living even amongst believers who say they can't see God. I am amazed that we are now living in a time where we have every form of technology, where we have expository teaching, where we are now discovering some of the greatest nuances of the world eschatologically, and yet we are in a culture of Christians who say, where is God? I can't see the Lord. I'm amazed at the blindness that even pervades the church when we should be walking in the fullness of the revelation of God. And brother and sister, uh, we're children of the light. We ought to know God in his fullness. We ought to know the fullness of God. You ought to have an eye full. Some of us have never really bothered to think about this for a moment, but how many know that when, when God said the, the, to Moses in the description of the, of the creation of the world, that the Bible says that, that there, was, there was darkness, the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face. Why, why was there darkness there? There's darkness there because the devil was there. Let me say that one more time. There was darkness because the enemy pervaded the earth. Do, 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 you, know, do you know that long before the solar system was made, there was earth? Do, do, do you know that the prophet Isaiah gives us the intimations, right? Jeremiah gives us these intimations. Isaiah gives us these intimations. E, e, even Job in his conversation with God tells us that long before we got here, the devil was here. It's a dark place. Do, 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 do you know that there's a... a, 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 a Isaiah 14, there's a passage there where we start to get a description of the mind of the enemy, right? Where he says, and I shall ascend above the heights of the clouds. I shall be like the most high. And you know what Isaiah says? Oh, how thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How hast thou been cut to the ground? How many remember the story? How many have ever read the book of Job? Uh, can I encourage you this week to read it because uh, uh, get, get to those later chapters where God starts to ask Job some questions. You know, there's a lot of people in here, you asking God all kinds of questions. If God ever started asking you questions, you're going to find out you don't know nothing. Job was uh, getting philosophical with God and God said, well, let me get philosophical with you. Let me, let me ask you some questions since you know so much, Job. He says, where were you? Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou has understanding. Who's laid the measurements of the earth? Who laid the line or stretched the line thereof? Where, are, where, are, where have I fastened the very foundations of the earth? And who was it that laid the cornerstone to it? 
And you know what the Bible says? God says this. Well, where were you when the sons of the morning sang together and the sons of God sang for joy at the creation of the earth? Long before we got here, there was a devil. Long before we got here, there was a devil. He's living here. Because I may know the devil lives in darkness. Do, do, do you know that the Bible says, to, uh, namely back to God, that, that, that night to God is as day that God sees in the dark. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, God's got x-ray vision. He got night vision. How, how, how many know, listen, how many know, brothers and sisters, that, that you don't see all the light that's there? How many know you're naturalized? You know, there's been a lot of theologians that say that when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, that, that, that when he was vanquished, he, he was not able anymore in his sinful state. There was a time when Adam and Eve were sinless, and, and they could perceive, they could see the glory of God. But when they were vanquished, they lost that perception, right? They were no longer seen. How many know that the human eye no longer sees all the, all the bands or rays of light? You can't see UV light. And if you see it, you lost your mind. You're schizophrenic. Something's wrong with you. You, you, you got a mental disorder. Nobody can see UV light. But, but how many know that they got, we got what's called night vision? We got infrared. Anybody ever hear infrared? I know I, know I got, uh, I only got one hand. That's, that's Irving saying, I got that infrared. Because how many know the police, if you're trying to hide out in the dark, you're running, uh, they could track you with that, that, that night vision, the night goggle. They see you as, as bright as day. You shining in the dark. Because we don't see all the bands of light. I would propose to you that if we could, we might be able to see demonic work. That if we could see all the bands of light, I perceive that we would see even Lucifer himself. Because the Bible says he can parade as an angel of light. We just don't have that perception anymore. We can't see all those bands. So what does God do? He says, let there be light. He says, I want you to have a full revelation of me. Brother and sister, do you know it's possible to fully know the Son of God? To be able to perceive uh, 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 spiritually what God is doing. The, 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 the light that's in you should pervade your personal life. The, the people you come into contact. There should be a constant move of that, right? Because God has put in you light so that you can see in a dark world. And brother and sister, I, I, I must confess to you that I believe above all, this church, our church, we need to start seeing into the darkness. We need to start bringing light into dark places. That's the ministry of the kingdom of heaven, to actually show people what God does, how he does it. We bring light. Somebody say hallelujah. We're the people that bring light. You have your Bibles. Open them with me real quick. I, 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 had, I had struggled this week, and, I, and, and rightly I'll tell you, that, that when I first started preparing for this message, that, that, that you need an eye full. And, and there's some people, listen, brother and sister, do you know how many people I talk to, believers, who are in despair over a situation? Who say, Pastor, I'm going through a problem. I've got a situation. And the more that I look at it, the, the, the less hope I perceive. Pa Pastor, I've got a problem, the situation. I'm going through this struggle. And the more I think about it, the more of a lost cause I see it to be. Because, you know, we're all going to live by what we see. 
if we're walking in the natural. I, th- I think there's a lot of people here not living in the fullness of the light of God. Ah, l- l- let me digress. Can-, can I share something with you for a moment? I- I- how many of you have ever heard this statement? For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is the object of your prayer the object or is the object of your prayer pleasing God? Let let me say that again because I think somebody needs to hear that. Is the object of what you're praying for, uh, is, is your joy tied up in the object, is your joy tied up in pleasing God? And there's a huge distinction between those two people. I'm not responsible for the outcomes. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The the reason why I can go to my prayer closet and pray unbelievable prayers is because I know that I'm not in charge of the outcome. It's not me who's going to change it. It's not going to me who's going to turn it upside down. It's not me who's going to do the miracle. It's God who's going to do the miracle. I'm just required to have faith for it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm just required to have faith for it. So, so, so can I suggest to you that, 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 my, that the light of God that shines in me is my relationship to him. How that affects other people, that's, that's with God. That's neither here nor there with me. So I can pray and believe and do all those things in faith because you're not the object. He's the object. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I don't think you got that yet. I think that would revolutionize the way you pray if you started saying, you know what? My heart is for him. I want to see everything in his light. How many, how many know that if you put your faith in God, he'll, he would show you crazy things, unbelievable things, if your faith was in God? Do you know that if your faith was completely in God and not in people and not in things, not in outcome, not in your theology and all the things that you want God to do, but if your faith was strictly in God, in the light of him, he will show you stuff that you couldn't even believe would be possible. That's what God does. That's how God shines. And that's the way you should be talking. Ah, are you there? Uh, Saint, Saint uh, 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 John chapter 9. S- some of you already know this passage. I, I say J- St. John uh, chapter 9, obviously cha- the 11th chapter, the-, the rising of Lazarus is considered the greatest miracle that Jesus performed in the rising of Lazarus. And I love that, that particular passage because you know, the accusation was, where were you? Come on, somebody, help me now. Help me preach this message to you. The, the people were accusing Jesus of not being there. But, 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 but let, let me digress. How, how many know that the prophet Jeremiah, Je- Jeremiah, even Jonah says this. How many know Jonah was sinking down into the, into the depths of the ocean? He said, I felt seaweed all around me. You know what Jonah said? You were right there. The psalmist, David, says, even if I make my bed in hell, you're right there. (laughs) You're catching this? That that the accusation was, where were you? Now, now the prophet Jeremiah, uh, in, in the 23rd chapter, verse 24 uh, he says, where can a man hide himself in secret that I not know him? For God himself says, I feel the heavens and the earth. Now think about that statement. That, that God is giving to you the revelation that he is, he feels heaven and he feels the earth. 
feel, F-I-L-L, not F-E-E-L. I think most people are in the F-E-E-L. I need to feel God. No, what you need to know is he is, that it's full. There's a feel. God, God has filled it. Y'all understand what I just spelled out, right? Let me do it one more time because I think somebody needs to hear it. God says, I feel the heavens and the earth. F-I-L-L, not F-E-E-L. Touch your name and say, get out of your feelings for a little while. <laughs> God feels it. If he feels it, you should see it. Right. You're the child of light. You should perceive it. Right. We should know it. Right? If, if you're walking in the revelation of the light of God, you walk in the day, not in the night. For the Bible says we are not children of the night, but children of the day. In other words, we walk in the complete revelation of God. You say, well, why, do I, why am I talking about the light? Because the light ultimately is his word. The, the, the light of God pervades us through his word. Uh, you're, there in, you're there in St. John 9, right? I, I love this passage because, to me, this is the second greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed. The, the Bible says that as, as they were passing by, Jesus saw a man who was born blind from birth. And I like that nuance because he has what we call congenital blindness. Uh, 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 brother Taylor, this brother here, when Jesus passed by him, Brother Taylor, this brother didn't even have eyes to see with. He wasn't born with an optic nerve. You know, this is not something you're going to correct with some glasses or, or you can go see an ophthalmologist and he put some drops in your eyes. Uh, this brother was blind, absent of even having the, the eye to see with. I mean, it's a, I, I don't know if you've ever seen, but I've seen people who are born blind, uh, absent of those processes and, and abilities to actually see. And the Bible says that when the disciples saw it, they were walking in darkness because they said to Jesus, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it his sins or the sins of his parents? And you know, brother and sister, whatever they thought, have you ever processed your own thinking for a while just to see how much darkness pervades you? Let, let, me, let me say that one more time because I think somebody, you know, th th you know, when you come to Harvest Point, we're not going to play games with you, man. We, we're going to step on your toes. We're going to tell you, listen, have you ever observed or given reason for the way that you think? Are, are, are you working out of human knowledge or are you working out of divine knowledge? A and I think some of you might be a little bit capilotada. You know, you, anybody know what capilotada in Spanish people will make like a, 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 a bread they put bread and things and peanuts and raisins and it's just a lot of stuff, cheese and things. and It's called capilotada. I, I always say it's a, like a lot of stuff. It's just a lot of stuff. I, I, I think a lot of our spiritual thinking is a mixture of God and, and man. And how many know that Jesus said a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Uh, you you want to impair your eyes? You want to lose vision? Start mixing the world in with how you think. Uh, start adding a little bit of that culture, a little bit of that human flavor. You're going to find out you, you, you're not going to see what you're supposed to see. And if you don't see what you're supposed to see, you're not going to walk as you're supposed to walk. 
Uh, th that's why John goes on to say, listen, if any man says that, that, that he's of light but walks in darkness, he's lying to you. He, he's a liar. The truth's not in him. Listen, walking in the light is a distinction. And listen, brother, since you got the fullness of the revelation of God, whether you think it or not, you got it if you walk in the spirit. Because, you, you know, as we said, you know, in that natural way that they say that, you know, light travels like a wave. But we can't see it. Like, there's light right here, but we can't touch it. It's, they, they say it's weightless, right? That you, you know, if you do your hand like this, uh, scientists say that there's multiplied billions and billions and billions of photons constantly coming, streaming from light. But you can't touch it until it, that light touches something. Then you see the effect of that light on the thing it touches. Brother and sister, what have you been touching that gives fullness to the revelation of what God wants to do in that matter? This is why we're called children of the day, because when we touch something, we affect it with light. We show it for what it is. You know the enemy wants people to walk in darkness. You, you know, I've often said this, that, that, that if you walk in darkness, how many know that if it's dark, I mean, it's, if it's, something's dark, how many know someone come slap your face? You don't even know who slapped your face. <laughs> right? If I'm going to have to fight somebody, I'm going to say, turn the lights on. First of, first of all, I want to see who I'm fighting. Because I may know if you know who you fight, you might just go ahead and decide to make some peace. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If you know who you're struggling with, if you know what it is, you, you know, you can, you can take the appropriate step. But, but, but if you're in light, right, you, you can observe it. You can, you can take in the fullness of it. You can, you can make an intelligent decision based upon the light. And how many know that without light, I would say this, there, there really is no life. Right? There's no way to get traction in the world. So, so brothers and sisters, so, so, so as they passed by, uh, the disciples were full of human knowledge. It's humanistic. It, it, was, it was darkness. It was gross darkness. And Jesus said, neither of these. None of what you're saying is true. Would you suppose that the disciples would have kept just walking on by? Brothers and sisters, do you know that Jesus charged the disciples with the ministry of deliverance and power and ability? That this isn't something they weren't doing. They just happened to see somebody and through their gross negligence, their gross darkness, was able to walk on past somebody where God had something designed and purposeful for him, had the light shined upon him. Are you there? Are you there in St. John 9? I'm going to read this passage because, oh, how... You would start shining. Oh, how we would start shining again. Do, 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 do you know, listen, light. Light because, you know, I, I get, the more that I read of my Bible, the more I get revelation of God. How, how many are after? I just want to know God. Listen, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I guess that's that theological uh, uh, vein that I have that runs in my veins. That I want to know God. I want to know them. And I have but a few vehicles that give revelation. One, I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost. How many are glad you got the Holy Spirit? Give your neighbor a high five and say, you got the Holy Ghost. Man, what a marvelous thing that is. But I've also got the Word of God. And when I read it, the Spirit of God moves through it. And it gives me revelation to the light of God. I don't walk in darkness anymore. I walk in the light. I, I, I see things the way God sees them. 
Because he gives me a light to see things that other people might say, oh, that's a lost cause. I say, no, it ain't. I see God all in that. You see, I got an eye fool. See, my eye is right. You, you, you know what, what? A singular eye, the singular eye is focused on God. It doesn't have any other consideration. You know, a lot of times we make decisions and we've got every consideration but God's consideration. We've got every thought under the sun except God's thought on the matter. And do you know that when God breaks through all of your human intellect and all of your thinking and all of your knowledge and all the smarts you think you have and all the common sense because you're a common sense kind of person, if God can break through all of that, you'll start to see life like you've never saw life before. And the joy would overcome you because now you realize that God is able, that God can do it. He wouldn't show you if it wasn't true. I love the way John puts it. He says that light was the, that, that, that in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Oh, can't be said any clearer than that. That God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good. And so when God saw that the light was good, revelation was good, he divided the light from the darkness. So that what, brother and sister, we could clearly see what the enemy's doing. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, I could see the enemy real far away. I can see him way down over yonder. What a blessed thing that is. Are you there? Let me just read this. I want to read verse (laughs) 4. This is so marvelous. Nobody saw this. Nobody even perceived it. Here's a man born blind. You ever seen somebody blind? You ever passed by somebody in a wheelchair? You ever seen somebody sick or needing help or whatever the problem may be? Are you seeing it through God's eyes or yours? You, you hear of some catastrophe, some thing, some problem, some, some, something amiss, and we apply human logic to it rather than the light of God. Brothers and sisters, start seeing life in the light of God. You know, you know uh, I talk to people who are struggling in their marriages, and, and they tell me, oh, Pastor, you don't know what I'm dealing with. And you know, you, you haven't seen the things that I've seen. You haven't heard the things that I've heard. <laughs> I say, you're right. I haven't seen what you saw, and I haven't heard what you heard. But, but, but I've seen God, and I heard what he said. And what God says is bigger than what you're saying. And what you're, he's seeing is bigger than what you're seeing. Somebody say amen. Amen. What I see in the Lord is is marvelous. Man, I see marvelous things. I'm not filled with all the despair and and, and, and all the hopelessness that pervades the culture. Why? Because I got God and I got night vision. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, baby, you need night vision. <laughs> Some of y'all look so, I'm preaching one of the best messages you ever heard, and you look so sad. <laughs> it's like telling somebody, here's a million dollars, and they got their hands crossed like this here. You don't know how fortunate you are to hear a message like this, and to have a man of God come look you in your face and say, you're not thinking like God's thinking. You're not seeing like God is seeing. You're not perceiving as God perceives. Open up your eyes. You need an eye full. Get your eyes right. 
<laughs> I don't know if we've ever seen, I don't know if there's anybody here, I don't want to make fun of nobody who might be colorblind. But those are the last people I'm going to ask, to ask if I'm matching. There's there, there some of you, you ain't got no style sense. You, you, you don't even know what looks good. You're the last person I'm going to ask to say, how do I look all right? And how many can say, thank God, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Because don't ask me if you're ugly. Don't get all upset. Pastor said I want that fine. You're probably not, but somebody's going to see you and say, woo-wee. <laughs> thank God. Give your neighbor a high five and say, thank God that beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I don't want to say it, but there's some ugly people at Harvest Point, but we love you nonetheless. <laughs> you say, where do you get that theology, Pastor? We get it from the Bible. They said, there are some of you that are uncomely. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, you're not talking about you. You're getting all upset and offended at church. You don't want to come back. Pastor said you was ugly. You know right well you don't look right. You might have been cute 30 years ago, but you ain't cute no more. Let me say hallelujah. <laughs> Man, you need vision in the world. You, 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 brother and sister, listen, we need more than 2020. We need night vision, man. We need spiritual vision. We need, we need to see things the way God sees it. Do, do, do you know that if you ever get a glimpse of what God sees Oh, how you would be uh, marvelously moving and, and working in the very things of God. Uh, notice Jesus always gives a distinction. I, I got that verse, but let me just, I think I need to prep it. How many of you know that Jesus said, I, I don't say anything the Father doesn't say, and I'm not doing or will do anything the Father's not doing. So I only say what he says and does what he does. And, and that's why we saw the spectacularness in the ministry of Jesus spectacular moves of God, ministry and miracles and, and healings, just profound things because what? He was doing what God was doing. He was walking in the light of the revelation of God. He's walking in light. Brother and sister, you, you, you think your marriage is upside down? Look at it with, with, with light vision. You, you think your situation is so far gone? What you need is light vision. You, you need an eye full. You need to see it the way God sees it. Oh, how I love this passage. Let, let's get to it. Let me, just, let me just throw it at you because we only got like 10 minutes and I, I know you're already thinking about the summer and it's going to be hot. And people have been saying, Pastor, you know, it's the summer. Do we have to do the signs of the times? Can we just have summer break? You just might come. Might be coming this summer. Are you there, St. John, chapter 9, verse 4? Actually, let me just read verse 3. He says, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, (laughs) 
I am the light of the world. Now, see, Jesus just flipped the season upside down. He says, wherever I show up, it's daytime. Y'all didn't hear what Jesus is teaching. He said, whenever I appear, it's no longer night. Now it's day. Whenever I walk into a situation, I come in the light of God. Now guess what? Darkness is vanquished. You know, I've always given this analogy. Do you know that, that, that when Lucifer fell from heaven, at that time, the only thing that was in existence was the heaven. And, and, and as long as you face God, who is always at the center. Somebody say hallelujah. I, 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 I love, I love John the Revelator. <laughs> in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, this is what he says. And, and, and I... And I saw, he said, when he was seeing the city, he says, I saw that there was no temple in it. This is John the Revelator. said, when I saw the, the new city descending, I saw that there was no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb of God were the temple of it. Neither was there any need for the sun. Neither was there any need for the moon to shine upon it. For the glory of God giveth it light, and the Son of God is the light thereof. <laughs> Let's just catch that. That when we get to heaven, the light will be so perfect that there will not be one shadow in the kingdom of heaven. This is light, brothers and sisters. How many know that when you show up to something, you bring the light? You bring new revelation. You bring divine inspiration. You come with your eye full, not empty. Jesus, when I show up, darkness is vain. Do you know that when Lucifer was looking intently at God, he chose to look away from God? When he turned his back on God, what would he see? Nothing. This is the despair. This is the posture of many believers in the church. They have turned their back on the light. And just as Lucifer got nothing, guess what? You're going to get nothing. In order to move in, the, in, this world, in this dark world, we have to walk in the light. Now, 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 now notice... I find this so, so overwhelmingly wonderful that Jesus says, when he had thus spoken, this is verse 6, the Bible says, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay, the very thing that you would say, listen, if somebody needs to see, please don't put dirt in my face, my eyes. That don't make no sense. That, that, that he would take something that would actually impair the person's ability to see. It works against just, just common interest or common understanding. You wouldn't put something in somebody's eye to cause them to see. But this is the very light of God, Jesus spitting on the ground, making that clay. I have my own personal inference here. How many know that in order for you to be a soul, God had to form the very dust of the ground? The Bible says that God breathed into the nostrils of man, his ruach, his spirit, and man became a living soul. It was as though Jesus was forming that clay once again to form the eyes that weren't formed at his birth. 
And here it is that, that, that Jesus tells him, go wash. Go, go, go wash in the pool. Do you know that when he went and washed, now watch this, I'm going I'm to show you something. Just stay with me. He went and washed, and the Bible said when he washed, he, he, he came seeing. And people, when they saw him, they said, hey, it's not that the guy, hey, that's that guy that's been blind. He's been sitting begging. Look, it's him. And so they came and they asked him, sir, are you the one that was begging? Are you the blind man? Because it's me. He says, well, who healed you? He said, Jesus healed me. So they took him over to the Pharisees, the, the elite, and they were upset. Because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath day. So they started asking him a whole bunch of questions. Well, well what happened? And, what? and he went back and forth, arguing with the Sanhedrin, uh, in so much as to call his mother and father. We want to see for sure if you're really the blind man. When his parents showed up, they said, yeah, uh, he was born blind, and, and, and this is him. But, but listen, he's a grown man. He can, he can talk for himself. You know, they got so upset with him. Can, 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 are, are you, let me read this to you. I just, I just find this so, so uh, in my spirit when I hear it, it just... Causes me to jump for joy. <laughs> Go with me down to verse 30. <laughs> They're asking him all kinds of questions, this blind man. I don't know how much tutelage he had in the word of the Lord or understanding with God, but he had enough to give a good answer. He says, and the man answered and said unto them, why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. How do you not know this guy? How is that he just shows up and all of a sudden I got vision and you say you don't know who he is? Man, come on. You ought to know this guy. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Then he says this. I love this phrase. And I've quoted this many times. He says, since the world began... Was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? This had never happened in the history of mankind. He opened my eye. I was, I was blind, but now I see. He says, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Now watch what happens. And they answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sins. Does thou teach us? Now watch this. And they cast him out. Now, now here comes Jesus. Catch this. And Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Now watch this. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That's amazing. Now, 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 watch what Jesus says. He does something that nobody had ever thought could ever be done. Since the world began, was it not heard? And then Jesus says this, now I want, I came to, today to deliver faithfully these words to you. And Jesus said, for judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, 
and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which, which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, you should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. You ever thought about how blatantly sinful we are in what we see? I've had people talk, you know, people philosophically like to talk about sins of commission and omission. I had a philosopher tell me one time, well, if it's omission, if you know you're omitting it, then you actually know what it is. I said, well, you know, yeah, there's, there's truth in that, that, that there are sins that we could commit that we don't know we're committing I, I get that. I, I, I'm grounded with that. I could see some proof in that. But what about the things we're supposed to be seeing? What are the things in our personal life that, we, that evades our, 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 our spiritual vision, the light that God is showing? What about the situation that you keep brushing under a rug or a thing or a matter that we, we're not seeing spiritually so that we might touch it with light. Do, do, do you know, do you know, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to stop with this verse. I want you to hear this. How many know that at the beginning of this year, I spent a certain part of the fall asking the Spirit of God to give me a prophetic word for the house of God, right? And so I spent a lot of time searching that out. First lady, first lady would tell you some of the disciplines that I encounter or go through so that I can hear clearly the voice of God. This is what the Lord told me the first of the year. He gave me Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. This is verse 10 or verse 19. I'm just kind of going off my memory from that particular passage. But you all know what the verse is. The verse is this. That the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Did you, let me say that again. That the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the testimony of Jesus. Do you know that the word to testify in the Greek means to do it again? I spent all of last week confessing and preaching that whatever God did yesterday, he can do today. And whatever he does today, he'll do tomorrow. That there's no shadow of the movement of God. Whatever God does then, he does right now. And if he does it right now, you can be sure he'll do it tomorrow. So we can be confident that if we put our faith in God the way God acts, and that's what the Bible is. The Bible is a chronology. The origin of the Bible is a chronology of the movement of God. And then God uh, uh, betters that, I say betters, or, or symbolizes that with light. That, that now we have not only the chronology of his movement, but now we have the revelation of why he moves or how he moves. In other words, we get a visage of the fullness of God. God's not hiding from you. You're hiding from him. Brothers, did you hear it? God's not hiding from you. You're hiding from him. I want you to hear that the spirit of prophecy literally means that if I testify of what Jesus did, not what you think he's going to do, because the testimony of what is, is what God's already done for you. How many got a testimony of something God's done for you? The, 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 the prophetic word over our house was that if you'll share it, the spirit of God said he's going to revisit it upon you again. That the very thing that you testify of, the greatness of God, he says, I'm going to do it again. Because that's literally what testimony means. The Greek word testimony, to, have a, to testify, is to do it again. In other words, when you testify, you're telling God, God, do this one more time. Do it again. 
right? And it's the spirit of prophecy. So in other words, if you've got a friend at work, listen, if you've ever seen some people going through something and you say, well, the Lord moved for me. I mean, you're going through something similar I had. Let me tell you what God did for me. That the Spirit of the Lord said that, it, that if you'll tell people what God did for you, that, God, that you could be sure that God was going to visit your testimony in their life. Somebody say hallelujah. Uh, and I gave you that faithfully. Not only did I give it to you faithfully, the Word of God declares it. That, 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 that when I meet people and I say, well, look, this is what God did for me. Now I'm walking in a new revelation. I'm walking in a new light. My God can handle what you're going through. So let me tell you what he did for me. And if he did it for me, he's going to do it for you. For God's not a respecter person. If God did it yesterday, he'll do it today. He'll do it again tomorrow. Somebody say hallelujah. And that's how, how we're supposed to be working, right? And that that spirit of prophecy, right? The, the, the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, revelation. Revelation. I've got people in here that are going through prophetic class. You can't prophesy until you see God. You're not going to speak nothing good until you see him. You you won't be able to say to the matter what needs to be said to the matter until you get a visage of God. Once you get a visage of God and your visage is right and your eye is full, then you can speak fullness to a matter. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. Y'all have to hear what I'm saying. You need an eye full. You need an eye full. If you're going to move past your problem and speak into your situation, you need an eyeful. Go ahead and stand with me. Let's let's do this together. I, I, I I don't know if what I'm saying, you don't want it. I know there's a lot of you that when you say, where do you want to go eat? Or I don't know. What you feeling like? Some pizza, hamburger, steak? What you want? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I feel like. I think there's a lot of people in church with that same spiritual mentality. You don't know what you're hungry for. And it, and it takes somebody to tell you, listen, brother, sister, can I, can I tell you the caviar of the kingdom is light. The, the, the true delicacies of the kingdom rest in the light of God. When you see God, you see everything perfectly. If, if you see him, he gives you revelation on what he wants to do in any given matter, then you know how to pray, you know how to act, you know how to speak. Some of you are speaking curses on the very thing that need a blessing. Some of you are calling things that are dead that are still very much alive in the sight of God. Some of you have lost hope in something that God has never given up on. And what it takes is one of you to show up and shed that light. It takes somebody that says, I'm going to walk in the day, not in the night. And you know what, brother and sister, I'm going to say that it's so easy to walk out of our flesh and out of our human appeal and out of our human vision, knowledge, intellect, and so forth, and never see the light of God. Can I suggest... Could I suggest there's a reason why God wrote these words? He writes them because even John the Revelator says that his life was the light of men. If any question about what God wants to do, look at Jesus. People in desperate situations with no recourse. Here's a man born blind. You would say, well, that's too far gone. What can be done? And yet Jesus says, God wants to work right there. 
Let me say that one more time. This man didn't have eyes. We might look at that and say, there's nothing we can do. We couldn't even buy a pair of glasses for him, should he see. But God said, I want to work right there. The Lord sent me today for us to be able to walk in the revelation of the fullness of God. That's what his word does. His word gives me fullness of his revelation. I see that no matter is too far, too undone. I, I, I see that God can always show, shine his light on, on the thing that seems to be the very darkest. <laughs> Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day. For night cometh when no man can work. Listen, brother and sister, do you know that that night that pervades is all around us? Some of you this morning might even be in the very darkness itself. And you know you're in darkness because you sense it creeping upon you in, in, in roots and seedlings called worry. Bow your heads with me now and hear me. Hear my voice. Because I want to talk to you, brother. So I, I, I want you to zone everything out, brother and sister. And let me just whisper in your ear. Uh, brother and sister, you, if you have worry... Darkness is invading your life. If you're stressed, if you're perplexed, if you're, if you're downcast, that darkness is invading your life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I'm a lost cause, or the thing that I'm thinking about is a lost cause, you're in darkness. And you know that darkness will come upon you so swiftly, so completely, you won't be able to work and I think there's a lot of people in the church that that have lost their job <laughs> you are unemployed because you're walking in the night the spirit of the Lord has sent me to say uh, God is hiring again <laughs> that, that, that one of you uh, might say today I want to be employed in the kingdom of heaven and brother and sister, if that's you, you're going to need light to be employed. You, you've got to see what God sees. You, 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 you've got to do what he does and say what he says. And brother, that's a rich task to undertake. Uh, 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 and I would say to you, the spirit is up to the task. Some of you are, are living in homes where darkness is invading it. Some of your kids are being washed away in a wave of darkness, in a culture of darkness. Some of you keep repeatedly hurting yourself because you, you try to walk in the dark. You, you, you are the proverbial tire in the mud that just keeps spinning. Brother and sister, listen, this message is for you. To say, I need the light of God in my situation. Uh, you, you, you've got a sickness, an infirmity. All it needs is God's light. Because God's not going to leave you that way. A marriage upside down, a, a relationship a torn apart, seems useless, a futile to even attempt any measure of reconciliation. God has sent me to, to, I'm, sent me to tell you, 
he's going to shine his light on it. You're going to be able to see the thing the way God sees it. And then we just align our faith to the purposes of God. I love that. That's so easy for me to see what God is doing and to align my faith to speak into the thing which I'm seeing. And, and, and what I say to you is I prophesy out of the spirit of revelation. Out of the, I, I prophesy out of the light of God. I prophesy from what I see even though it's not manifested yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm prophesying what the light shows me. Listen,